0: No one likes to feel stuck, especially by your cloud. But the IBM cloud is the most open and secure public cloud for business. It can manage all your apps and data anywhere. Smart loves problems. IBM, let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash flexible.
1: This is The Sporting Life on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Here's Jeremy Schapp. It's been a sad week on the landscape of sports with the deaths of two important figures in sports, the Hall of Fame quarterback, Bart Starr, the MVP of the first two Super Bowls and first baseman, Bill Buckner, near Hall of Famer as a player in his long career with the Cubs and with the Dodgers and with the Red Sox, among many other teams. We'll be speaking with Peter Gammons about Bill Buckner's legacy later in the show, but first... We're joined by Bart Starr's teammate, his blocking right guard, his fellow Pro Football Hall of Famer, Jerry Kramer. Jerry, thank you for being with us.
0: Jeremy, it's a pleasure being with you on almost every occasion. This this one is not that much fun. I,
1: I understand, Jerry. Thank you for being with us. I mean, you, you and Bart... Spent so much time together. Uh, you were so close. Uh, and, and when he died earlier this week, I was looking at your book, Instant Replay, and reading some of the things that you wrote about Bart at the time uh, when Instant Replay was written in 1967, 1968. And and I noticed one passage in which you said that um, Bart raised his voice to the team. That was something that was very, very rare. In fact, in your entire career together, he only raised his voice once in a game, and he said something like, come on, Jerry, and after the game, he apologized. <laughs> what, what what, kind of man was Bart Starr?
0: Yeah, he was uh, about all the man there is in Jeremy. He uh, was a quiet guy to begin with, uh, exceptionally quiet in a group of rowdy, loud ball players. Uh And so in the early years, we didn't understand who Bart was and what he had in his backbone or his spine and his character. So uh, there was some confusion about him. In fact, Bart probably didn't start full-time till his third or fourth year. We had four or five other quarterbacks during that same time. But I think I always have thought that one incident kind of – opened the door to Bart Starr's character and what he was all about and what kind of um, strength he had in his mind and his body. And it was a game against Chicago, which is our classic rivalry, of course. And uh, Bart had a tendency to throw the ball underneath a little bit. The Coach wanted him to throw a couple long balls to get the safeties back a little bit. So He hauled off and threw a a long pass down the right sideline, and my defensive tackle turned around and started watching the ball. I'm watching the ball. Bart's watching the ball. Bart's got his hands at his side, totally relaxed and totally um, unprepared for what's coming, and Bill was coming. So he takes about a five-yard charge and hits Bart in the mouth with a forearm. Just a nasty blow and knocks Bart back about five yards on his keister and said, that ought to take, you. That ought to take care of you, Star, you bleep, bleep, bleep. And Bart Star got up and uh, said, bleep you, Bill George, we're coming after you. And I said, they looked over and he'd split his lip, um, Bill had split Bart's lip up into his nose, his upper lip, and it was just, Blowing down his jersey. And I said, Bart, you better go get sewed up. You're bleeding like a stuck hog. He said, Shut up and get in the huddle. I said, (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. And uh, I got in the huddle and he called a play. And uh, we went down the field six, seven, eight plays. uh, Bart bleeding all over everything. And uh, we scored. And Bart went to the sidelines with all the rest of us, and he la- they laid him down on the bench. Uh, at that time, we weren't that delicate about those kind of things, so they just sewed him up there on the bench. His upper lip and the lip was split almost into the nose, and took about eleven stitches. And uh, when the uh, defense came out, we went back in, and Bart went back in, and. Um, he songs a little bit funny with his lip all messed up, but uh <laughs> he didn't miss a play
1: mm.
0: he um uh, yeah, and that moment uh was crystallized in my mind, and i I thought, well, we don't have to worry about how tough Bart starr is or whether he can take a lick uh he's as tough as he needs to be, so he was he was at that moment, i think in everybody's mind a uh a starter and a, and a guy you could depend on and a guy you wanted to go to war with. And there's another incident that um, Coach Lombardi had, you know, a hair trigger a little bit, and he'd jump on anybody at any moment. And uh, he jumped on Bart one time. Jumped on me a number of times, you know, but uh, jumped on Bart. And uh, Bart went to, the, went to his office and said, Look, Coach, I need to chat with you which none of us would do except Bart. And uh, Coach said, what's up? And he said, well, Coach, you chewed me out in front of the guys, and then you apologized to me in privacy. If you want me to lead the guys, if you want me to be your quarterback, then don't chew me in front of them. Chew me in privacy, and maybe it'll work better. So that's the kind of guy he was, and, and he was just such a, a good person, Jeremy. It's just—it's hard to say how good he was and what he did. But he was—he was very. It was so good. I didn't believe he was real. I just. Uh, <laughs> there,
1: there had to be something there that you. We're speaking with Jerry Kramer, the Hall of Fame right guard, who won five titles with the Packers and with his teammate and friend, the late Bart Starr, in the 1960s. And I remember. Uh, Jerry, speaking of, you know, how good he was, I think my dad used to tell me, um, you know, stories from you guys that, uh, I, I, I think Bart took it as his job in some ways to keep the young players away from the inf- the bad influences, the McGee's and the Hornings, you know, steer them down an- another path.
0: <laughs> yes, he did. And, uh, <laughs> I, he was, he was such a consistently Appropriate person. He'd have a, a breakfast with the ladies and um, luncheon uh, with the businessman and a beer that night with the guys. Uh, one or two, but that was it. But he would have what he was, you know, if the guys were having a beer, he'd have a beer. So I just, I said, no, this, you know, I've never run into anybody quite this consistently good, and I don't believe it. I'm going to catch him one of these days. I'm I'll watch him. And, Jeremy, I watched him, I watched him for years, um, just in, in every situation you can imagine. And he was perfect in every situation. And I finally said, you know, the guy is just a good guy, and he lives his life to please other people. And he it was so uh, comfortable with the fans, with everybody he was with, because he was comfortable with himself, and he believed in himself, and he was a good human being, and good goodness seems to make you happy. It seems to be something about it that makes you comfortable with yourself, and comfortable with the world, and comfortable with those around you. So he was an exceptional person in that way, and he could he could get a little angry, and he could let it go a little bit, but uh, that that was it. Good part of him too.
1: Jerry, of course, you're from Northern Idaho, but you've lived for the last 50 years in the Boise area. And, um, uh, that's where Bill Buckner chose to live after his playing career ended. Although he was a kid from Northern California, from Napa, California, he, he was an outdoorsman, an avid outdoorsman like you. Um, and you got to know Bill Buckner as well over the years. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard that he had died on Monday?
0: Well, and, and like a kick in the gut. Uh, jeremy it was just on top of barge death uh just a day or two apart and it was uh i first met bill uh at a uh function a charity event uh humanitarian hall of fame actually is what it was and uh uh he said jerry uh, i've been hunting ducks out by your old ranch and. Boy, there's a guy out there that's got all the ducks in the world. He's got a lot of corn and, and, and you know, just a tremendous number of ducks. And everything around him is heading to his place. And I said, Yeah, I know. That's my neighbor. Would you like to meet him? He said, I'd kill to meet him. So actually, Greg Obendorf was my friend, and I took him over to meet Greg. And, they hunted together for the next ten years. I hunted with Bill. I hung out, golfed with him, and did charity events with him. And much like Bart, uh, kind of a quiet guy, but consistently uh, helping out. He just uh, couldn't do enough for the community. Couldn't do enough for the people of Boise. Um, um, just a nice man. I uh, I really um, enjoyed his friendship and his company and always enjoyed being with him we played quite a bit of golf together and um, it was just uh, I knew he was struggling, I knew he was having a problem but I didn't think he was even close to passing on so it was kind of a surprise and and really a kick in the gut.
1: Jerry I know know it's been a hard week and uh, losing your friends Bart Starr and Bill Buckner we always appreciate your insights Uh, I love you Thank you again, Jerry, for coming on the show this week.
0: I love you, Jeremy, and uh, always my pleasure to hear your voice. Thanks for having me on.
1: I'm Jeremy Schaap, and you can listen to new editions of The Sporting Life every Saturday and Sunday morning on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, beginning at 6 a.m. Eastern time.